0: Hello and welcome to TBC Equipped. We are a ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Norman, Oklahoma, designed as another resource to equip you so you can uh, engage with people and evangelize our world. My name is Curtis Winkle. I'm here with Ryan Polk. Hey,
1: Ryan. Hey, what's going on?
0: Not much. Uh, We are uh, at your house. Um, We live down the street from each other, and and, uh, we haven't really left Uh, the neighborhood in a while i don't know about you guys not not very much We've come down here we've we've gone to the park and uh just done a lot of walking so um we think a lot of people a lot of uh, listeners are probably in the same boat a lot of members of our church uh because uh i think the whole world is like this right now it's quarantined and we're at home and so we thought we'd do a podcast sharing a couple of, of reading recommendations this is a great time i know it's I, I know intimately that it's it's challenging when you have small kids in the home to to read uh, but if you're able to to quiet the kids down or if you're uh, one of the lucky people not in that season of life right now and looking for a, a book or two to read, uh, we think that'd be a really useful time and a valuable way to spend your your quarantine. So we thought we'd recommend a couple of reads yeah. So why don't you, you want to go first? What do you got?
1: Yeah, well, the first one I was going to talk about is a book called, uh, I finished it several weeks ago. And uh, I used it, I'd read part of it before and then came back to it and finished it up. But it's a book by a guy named Larry Hurtado uh, called Destroyer of the Gods. And it is a fascinating, um, it's a fascinating look at what Christianity was like in its first a couple hundred years from its birth and becoming the church and what the culture and the context uh, was at that time. Hurtado is an incredible historian who I believe actually just passed away uh, within the last few months. And um, anyway, but it's a book that for anyone who loves history, but anyone who might just be curious about what was happening, you know, what was the culture like uh, at the time of the apostles and as the church was beginning and the gospel spreading, it's just a fascinating look at what it was born into. And uh, it was just good for me, I think, in the sense of uh, sometimes to me we 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 romanticize that period and it was really hard. Yeah. And we look at our own culture and we say, wow, I just can't believe some of the things have gotten that bad. And that's with 2,000 years of church history
0: yeah.
1: underneath this. As you get into like uh, councils and yeah, like
0: and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You don't, you don't have a, an authoritative text other than the Old Testament at nope. the time. You get oral. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. And just how rapidly it spread, how it was well known. It's just – and Hurtado for a uh, academic historian is actually a fairly dynamic uh, writer. So it's not a boring book. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that many might suppose that it is. So it's a really interesting deal. And even from the, the catch of the title, Destroyer of the Gods was showing how belief in the one true God overcame this polytheism of its day. And uh, and so it's just a powerful witness to the gospel and the early church.
0: Cool. So uh, one I'd recommend is by a guy named Eugene Peterson, and it's called Eat This Book. You heard me right, Eat This Book. So, um, the, the book starts off just to explain the title with, uh, Peterson was living in Montana and he had this, this dog that would go out in the country and just find, uh, you know, bones of different carcasses that had been killed, uh, and bring them back. And he would gnaw on them in the backyard. And so he talks about just this kind of washing him. And sometimes he would hear this little growl as the dog was enjoying this, this bone that he'd found. And, uh. So then he he kind of launches into the book with this, this scripture of Isaiah, thirty 31.4, it says, it has this uh, phrase, as a young lion growls over his prey. And so that's the Hebrew word haggah. And um, it's also used in the scripture uh, to reference meditation and meditating on God's word. And so um, he really builds on that metaphor and uses scriptures like taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, to encourage readers to to really not just just read the scriptures, but to to ingest them, and even there's some fascinating imagery in Revelation um, where where John is is uh, eating the book and told to eat the book. So um, really builds across and uses a lot of scripture. But uh, Peterson just a really really gifted writer and was a pastor for many years, and um, um, it's been a really helpful book. One of the things I was just sharing with you off. Off uh, the podcast was uh, the encouragement to participate and enter, expecting uh, the scripture to to enter you. And so uh, Peterson talked about getting into running and how when he was into that sport, uh, man, he'd subscribed to magazines and read several books on the subject. And then uh, once he was uh, he was injured for a while and laid low and couldn't run, had no interest in. Reading those magazines or those books about running because uh, he just wasn't participating in it, he wasn't living it, and so uh, that's just uh, he used that analogy to talk about with the scriptures. You know, our our life and our engagement with the scriptures. If we're not seeking to obey it and seeking what the Lord has, and to to live out the scriptures, uh, often our desire to actually read and see what God uh, is saying there uh, is is. Uh, is absent as well so just an encouragement to live out your faith and not just leave it in the book um so eat this book by eugene peterson it's been really really helpful them. how is it how old is that book uh let me check it's, it's only about oh, 150 pages written in 2006
1: okay yeah good well, another one that I was going to recommend, and uh, this is not a new book either. It's been out for several years now, and it was one that just really didn't fit into like what I was reading at the time, And uh, but I picked it up uh, in the last couple weeks based on a suggestion from somebody and had some time, so I read it. And it's a book called Not a Fan uh, by Kyle uh, Eidelman, and it is a super easy read uh, as far as like it reads fast, it's quick, uh, it's not long. It's not so easy, though, and what it does with our hearts a little bit. And what, what Eidelman does, he's a pastor in Kentucky. Coming from the title, what, he, what he's telling us is that the New Testament called us to be followers of Christ. And yet, a lot of people end up being fans of Christ. They, they think Jesus is good. They think He's great. They show up uh, to church. They'll participate. They'll give. They'll do these things. But at the end of the day, uh, they're way more spectator than they are follower. Um, so, he says they're more fans than they are uh, followers. And so, it, it's a pretty convicting look at our lives Mates has asked some questions about, am I really following after Christ? Do I really desire to be with Him? Is He everything to me? Or am I content in some ways and some places to just kind of watch other people do it, or to watch and let the paid people do it? Or, you know, I you know, I think one way that Eidelman draws an interesting distinction is he, in the category of like missions. Do we get excited about missions as far as like our participation in that, or are we did we like the stories of what other people are doing uh, around the world? And so there's just these, and we should enjoy those stories, but in the life of a believer, there ought to be, we, we want to be in the game, not watching the game. And so Not a Fan by Kyle Eidelman, I highly recommend it. Doesn't take long to read, and I think will really challenge some of the things that we may may have allowed to just kind of creep into our lives a little bit.
0: All right, very good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend a work of fiction now. Um, I don't read a ton of fiction. I enjoy I enjoy um, stories, but uh, I, I've never been able to get into uh, really f- far, like into the fantasy stuff, which I have a lot of friends who are into. And so uh, it has to sort of be realistic, kind of usually uh, either historical or contemporary fiction, but set in somewhat of a real world where the rules aren't different and there aren't wizards and dragons and so on. So um, so this is a book called Peace Like a River by Leif Enger. Peace Like a River by Leif Enger. And it's set in uh, the 1960s in North Dakota. And uh, it's kind of a family drama. Uh, there's, there's a backdrop of kind of Western um, themes even. But uh, this family there in North Dakota, the, the mom is absent. Uh, so it's a father and there's three kids. And you're, the narrator is uh, a 12-year-old boy named Reuben, And uh, he's got an older brother and a younger sister. And um, there's some ruffians in town. His dad is the janitor at the school, and these ruffians have been messing with him, have been messing with um, Reuben's older brother as well, Davy. And so they, uh, at one point, the the violence escalates uh, pretty early in the book, and um, those two are killed. And so uh, the the rest of the book unpacks kind of how they were killed and, Davy, the older brother's involvement in that, and as the family goes searching for Davy as he's on the run. And so there's some really interesting spiritual elements. The, the father figure is uh, um, just very Christ-like, and there are even some little what, what Reuben calls miracles in there, which are fascinating to read about and, and try and discern, okay, are these are these actually happening, or is this Reuben his interpretation of these uh, things as a 12 year old boy who just kind of idolizes his father. Um, And uh, yeah, just, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's an excellent book. If you're looking for just a good, a good story with some spiritual elements and, and certainly wholesome and interesting. And uh, so it's called peace like a river by leaf anger.
1: Can I do one more real quick curse? I guess. Okay. One more. Uh, I'm, I'm just finished this this week and uh, I was telling Curtis about it the other day, but, uh, This is a book called Washington's End. Uh, It's written by a guy named Jonathan Horn, and it's a biography of George Washington. But unlike uh, a lot of the books about Washington, where you can find just thousands of them, this deals with his life post-presidency when he goes back to Mount Vernon from the time he basically retires until he dies. And the focus on it is is basically – how to end well, how to end in your life and and to live it to the fullest to the very end. And so it's a fascinating history about what Washington's life, we know him so much as the general who won the Revolutionary War as our first president of the uh, peaceful turning over of of the presidency to someone else, all these great things. Uh, But his post-presidency life is usually not too well known. And so it's a fascinating look into what he did, how he stayed busy, how he continued to learn, how he took up new hobbies, how he developed friendships. Um, And so for a guy that lived 200 and, you know, over 200 years ago, passed away over 200 years ago, it's a really interesting uh, take on what retirement would even look like for us today, how to be intentional uh, with our entire life. And so it's a really fun read, and Horan is a great historian, great writer, so it really makes it uh, pretty fascinating. Uh, and I found it to be really challenging and encouraging. Uh, I'm not—I don't have any strong convictions one way or the other about Washington's spiritual life. Uh, you know, he talked about God and he talked about prayer and and those things, and so I sure hope he was a believer and 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 a follower of Christ, but you know just as far as the day in and day out, what it looks like, it was a, just a really interesting deal of a man who was so accomplished but didn't quit when he got home.
0: Very cool. I might borrow that from. You. yeah, can't absolutely. Uh, so we'll have links to these books um, in the show notes. Uh, if you decide to read one of these or if you're you are reading one or have uh, let us know man we want to hear from you. We'd love to to get a phone call or text message or social media note, uh, letting us know what you thought of these books. Uh, if you want to use my three point scale, uh, please (laughs) do. And if you don't know what that is, give me a shout and I'll let you know. Um, all right, we'll catch you next time on, on TBC equipped. All right, this is a postscript, uh, the, the, the three point scale I mentioned. All right. So Instead of, you know, I don't know what to do with, like, on a 10-point scale of 7s or 8s. Like, do I pick up that book or watch that movie? Um, So I like to cut it down, not even to 5, because then I don't know what to do with 3s, but to a 3-point scale, just cut and dry. All right, so so if it's a 1, I do not like that book or that movie or that restaurant. It's terrible, and I will judge you if you like that book, movie, or restaurant. Um, if it's a two out of three, it's, it's kind of M E H. I think is how this is one should be pronounced. It's meh. It was, it was okay. If you like it, I won't judge you. Um, you can see it if you want, but I'm not going to advocate on behalf of this book, movie, or meal. Uh, but if it's a three, I will advocate. I will, I will, uh, you know, share this with my friends and, and, uh, even my enemies. And I would say, Hey man, this, this book movie or meal was excellent. You should, you should try it. So the books I mentioned, Peace Like a River, and eat this book. Those are threes, three out of threes. So that's the scale.